This episode is brought to you by Wise, the account that helps you manage your money all around the world. I lived overseas for many years, and one of the biggest bottlenecks to international living is money transfers. You want to withdraw money from an ATM to access funds from your American bank account, and you don't realize you're getting hit with a $10 charge every single time you do that. Yeah, that did happen to me. So if you're dining in dollars or want to do business in bot, what a Wise account does is let you send, spend, and receive money in different currencies. Wise is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. This goes from a night out at a tapas bar in Spain to buying a property in the Yucatan. So if you're a digital nomad in Bali or want to send Send money back to mom, it's simple. And this is all without hidden fees or exchange rate markups. Wise works in over 160 countries, so your money's always at your fingertips. And over half of the transfers get their destination in less time than it takes to listen to this ad. Join 16 million customers and learn how a Wise account can work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash unplugged. That's wise.com slash unplugged. One more time, wise.com slash unplugged. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the History Unplugged podcast, the unscripted show that celebrates unsung heroes, myth busts historical lies, and rediscovers the forgotten stories that changed our world. I'm your host, Scott Rank. Hi, everyone. Welcome to an in-between episode where I answer your questions. In the last Q&A episode, somebody asked about the most powerful woman in the Middle Ages. I talked about Athelflaed. She was an Anglo-Saxon queen in the 800s and 900s. Well, I'd like to have a part two to this question about powerful women in the Middle Ages. Somebody I'm sure you've all heard of, but I'd like to delve more deeply into her life, and that is Joan of Arc. Her story is so incredible that I think it approaches the outer limits of plausibility. In a nutshell, Joan of Arc was a 17-year-old French peasant who was illiterate. She marches up to the king of France and demands that she be given the right to command his forces because God had told her so. Somehow, he agrees despite her having no education or military experience. She cuts her hair short, wears armor to appear as a man in battle, and against all expectation, leads the army in a string of victories against the English, which were among the most elite fighting forces in the world at the time. This happened after decades of French defeat in the Hundred Years' War, when France was on the brink of annihilation. She turns the momentum of the war completely around and pushes the English off the continent. What do we make of her story? Many people have wondered whether it's fiction, because there are stories like this in medieval Middle Age chronicles and ancient chronicles of rulers committing fantastic deeds that sound embellished or fake to puff up some leader. With Joan, though, we have too many sources around her time to just dismiss her story. When she was labeled a heretic, there was a trial to absolve her of this charge, and there were dozens of witnesses from her life who came forward. We have lots of testimonies about her life, so that's why we can't dismiss these claims. Now, there are a lot of explanations for her incredible life, but I think one of the most convincing is that she basically had an innate genius for politics and military strategy. She was able to condense years of military training into a few weeks' time 
much like the way that Albert Einstein could extrapolate quantum theory and relativity from classical physics. She just looked at the chessboard of the battlefield and it made sense. She knew where to place artillery on a battlefield, the cavalry charges at the weakest point in enemy lines, or know how to storm a fortress. But probably the most important thing about her was her phenomenal will. She led every assault of the French on the English, stormed fortresses, and kept fighting even when she took arrows to the shoulder or rocks directly to the head. And military historians will always talk about the importance of shifting the momentum on a battlefield, and it can happen due to a lot of factors, but sometimes it's something as simple as a commander willing to lead a charge, and that alone can shift momentum. Let's back up a little bit. Joan was born in January 1412 during the Hundred Years' War. At this time, England had taken control of all of northern France following a victory at the Battle of Agincourt in 1415. At the age of 12, Joan began to experience visions of the saints. She witnessed Michael the Archangel call her to liberate France from English domination and go and have Charles VII crowned as the rightful king. Her moment came when she was 16 years old and the French army had reached its lowest point. In 1428, the campaign of France was failing. Here, the 16-year-old Joan met a French garrison commander. She claimed that God had directed her to meet King Charles, take charge of the army, defeat the English, and escort the king to Reims and have him crowned. Charles did eventually meet with her. Perhaps out of sheer desperation with France's pitiful situation, he sent her with a relief expedition to Orleans and had her at the end of the army. It was an absurd command to give so much power to an illiterate peasant girl, but maybe there were simply no other options available. In 1429, she arrived at Orleans on the verge of falling to the English. The French had held in a defensive position and had not really tried to set up an offensive attack. Joan wanted to surprise the enemy by urging an attack against the English forts nearby. On May 4th, they captured a fortress at St. Luke. The second fell the next day. Then over the next eight days, they captured every enemy fort in the vicinity and broke a five-month-long siege. Her presence filled the once-invincible English with doubt. Jean, Count of Dunois, said about her that the English, 200 of whom had previously been sufficient to rout 800 of the royal army, from that moment became so powerless that four or 500 soldiers and men-at-arms could fight against what seemed to be the whole force of England. The victory shocked the French, who had experienced almost nothing but defeat for decades. Many cities of Burgundy, which had allied themselves to the English, surrendered to the French army after a further string of military victories. Unfortunately for Joan, proving that no good deed goes unpunished, Charles opened negotiation with the English and the Burgundians after retaking Reims. Joan was exasperated with the French court's timidity. She had led a number of military victories by pushing them on the offense, and unfortunately for her, she was about to be betrayed. On May 24th, she and some of her troops were ambushed. Joan was captured and sold to the Duke of Burgundy for 10,000 francs and turned over to his English allies. She was charged with heresy, witchcraft, and claiming false prophecies, which was basically an English pretense to take out their most skilled opponent. Although frequent talk of receiving direct word from God had raised a number of eyebrows. At her heresy trial on January 9th, 1431, she was denied a legal advisor, so she had to represent herself on trial since she had no advocate. 
But at this time of this trial, her intelligence was on full display. The illiterate peasant girl managed to outwit the Council of Clerics with all the logical traps that they set up for her and befuddle them at every turn. She made them look like such fools in public that the proceedings were moved from a public court to private chambers. Well, her trial was a sham from the beginning, so the Inquisitor led the trial to a guilty verdict despite the preponderance of evidence against such a ruling. Joan died on May 30th, 1431, by being burnt at the stake. She did not recant. At her execution, she wore a dress and requests that the two clergy hold a crucifix before her. Her body was burnt completely to ashes to prevent the French from collecting her remains and creating a holy relic. In 1455, the Catholic Church reopened Joan's trial of heresy. According to their findings, she died a martyr's death, and the Inquisitor had violated court proceedings on a number of counts at her trial. And it's because of this reopening of her trial that we have dozens of witnesses about her life, and that's why we have so many records today that make it hard to just dismiss her as a medieval fairy tale. So Joan's legacy and bravery has, of course, remained well-known throughout history. There have been countless movies and books about her life, but there are parts of her legacy that are still highly debatable. Considering she cut her hair short to resemble a man and wore a male suit of armor in battle, it's tempting to describe her as a proto-feminist that challenged gender norms. But I think that this would be an anachronism. First of all, there was no such thing as female combat armor at the time, so to describe combat armor as being male is a redundancy. Second, she supported separation of the sexes in the French military society. She prohibited women from serving in the army and said that they supported the military cause better in their homesteads. She said that she herself was only exempted from this prohibition because she had received a direct order from God to fight. But whatever we can say about the arguments of her as a feminist icon, it's impossible to deny her as one of the most prominent females in the Middle Ages. So thanks for that question. If you'd like to submit one to me about history, and I'll answer it, go to historyunpluggedpodcast.com. There you'll receive instructions, and I look forward to your questions. Thanks for listening to the History Unplugged podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the show to get your daily dose of all things history-related from ancient Greece to the Cold War. You can do that by going to historyonthenet.com forward slash subscribe. Speaking of History on the Net, if you want to dive deeper, go to our site historyonthenet.com and there you'll find blog posts, book reviews, and all of our other podcast episodes. Plus, don't forget to rate and review this podcast so we can bring you the best daily history content possible. We'll see you next time at the History Unplugged podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, 
Did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.